Good morning, Anthem. Welcome to December. Welcome to the Christmas season. We at Anthem are excited as something during our Christmas season is to bless the community around us. And to do that, we're a part of something called the Wish Tree Project that we want to invite you to, to jump on board and be a part of. It's with an organization called People Helping People in Burlington. And we can purchase gifts for kids in our community. And so it's all online. You can ship the things to go right to where they're supposed to go. If you want to participate in that, and I encourage all of us to do that, that is on our front page of our website. You can get more information about that. Something else that is coming up in January is a new class that we're doing called Financial Peace University. It's a great way to come and discuss together and learn together some biblical principles that move you towards financial freedom being the goal. So if that's something, maybe it's a new, um, your, your New Year's resolution in the new year to get your finances to a place of freedom, that is a great thing to check out. Again, check that out on the front page of our website. We are excited today to start our Christmas series called Who is Ready for Christmas? 2020 has been a hard year and we are looking forward, all of us together, towards some joy, some happiness. Maybe you've already put up your tree and lights and you broke tradition this year and started listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving, even though you swore you never would. This was the year. If it's going to be hard, at least give me Christmas music. So who is ready for Christmas? We feel ready. but. What does it look like as followers of Jesus to actually be ready for Christmas and Jesus's birth here on earth? This month we're going to be talking about Advent and um, maybe you're familiar with Advent if you grew up in church or also came from other church traditions. Maybe you're just familiar with calendars that give you chocolates for 25 days and that sort of Advent. But Advent in the, the church tradition is, is a season of preparation. The word Advent comes from a Latin word, Adventus, and that means coming or arrival. And um, it began actually in the fourth or fifth century for um, a time of prayer and a fasting for new Christians. And then later in the Middle Ages was joined together with Jesus's birth and was a time for the church to prepare and look towards both Jesus's first coming and celebration and his second coming when he arrives um, back on earth again. And so this, this tradition for centuries has invited followers of Jesus to slow down in our life, to take some space from the ordinary, to anticipate and to wait and to prepare. What does it mean when we prepare something? To, to prepare is to do something now that gets us ready for a significant future event. If we're prepared, we're ready to go for whatever it is that is going to happen. If you're preparing a meal, you're doing the cooking, the planning, all of that, so it's ready for a future event. The eating of the meal together that you've prepared for. If you are out camping and it starts raining at 3 a.m., you hope that you prepared and put a tarp up the night before to be prepared. And Advent is that for Christmas, for followers of Jesus. It's a looking ahead. It's a preparing of our hearts, that anticipation of what is to come, the coming, the arrival of Jesus. And what does it mean to look towards the arrival, to that preparedness? What does it mean to look towards that arrival of God coming to earth as a baby and towards the second coming of Jesus? We're going to be looking at that this month, what it means to, to prepare and to wait and, and the anticipation of that coming as we talk about Advent. 
a, a meaningful thing about Advent also is that it unites us as a, as a church, as the, the big C church. Uh, right now on this Advent Sunday, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of followers of Jesus from every type of church tradition and culture and country and place in the world that are all celebrating this preparation, anticipation, Advent season. It not only does it connect us all together with our one mission, it also all of the followers of Jesus in the centuries that came before us that also prepared and waited for Jesus' arrival. It's a thing that unites us and we really feel that need for uniting us right now. It's a time when we can refocus as we prepare to remember that we, we are all part of God's mission collectively as one church, as one body of, of people who are followers of Jesus and that, that mission that God did when he sent Jesus to be born. So today, as we, we continue on in our worship, my, my prayer for you is that you would, you would take that moment, that, that slowing down space of waiting, of anticipation, and you would take this moment to prepare in your hearts for what God has for you today. One of the things that I love about the Advent season is that it is a reminder that we are not alone in our journey in following Jesus, but we join together with Christians around the world who are also remembering Jesus's birth and celebrating it together. And uh, one of the things that I love about being a part of the church is knowing that it's not just what we're doing right here, but there are, there are churches all around the world that are also sharing in the mission of bringing the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the world. And so today we are gonna get a chance to hear from two new churches that Anthem is gonna be a part of helping to get started. And one of the things that is involved in that is that we are we're a part of helping with financial support as they get started just like so many churches came alongside Anthem when we first got started. We get to now do that with other churches and we hope and our vision and dream is that we can do this many, many more times and, and really be able to really see the spiritual landscape of New England transformed in that way. And by, by giving it Anthem, you're a part of that too. And I, um, so as we hear these stories of these two new church plants, uh, I hope that you will catch a vision, not only of how, what is happening in these churches, but I really believe that we all are being called to a mission here on this earth. And really the key thing is, is that we are people who are making ourselves available for what it is that God might be asking us to step into. The thing about the, the Christmas story that I love is that God chose to bring Jesus into the world and he chose to use ordinary people, Jason, uh, people like Mary and Joseph, who were really just ordinary people who were willing to respond and to, to say yes when God asked them to be a part of his mission here on earth. And so we also have that opportunity. Um, I invite you to listen to these stories. Think about how we can be a part of that and maybe even consider the ways that God is, in, is speaking to you and asking you to be a part of his mission here on earth. So the first story we're gonna get a chance to hear from, the first leaders that we'll hear from are Casey and Wes Dillon, who are starting a new church in Durham, New Hampshire. So here you go. Well, it's great to be able to get together with Casey and Wes Dillon, who are starting a new church in Durham, New Hampshire. Welcome, guys. 
Um, it's great to get a chance to sit down with you and give give our church a chance to hear a little bit about your journey, your story. So um, why don't you share a little bit? I'd love to hear how you ended up deciding to start a new church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, wish we could be there in person. Look forward to the day when that's uh, when that's uh, going to be an easy thing to do. So. And just to tell you like how we got to this day, it there's kind of like two chapters and we have to go back about 22 years. <laughs> and so in uh, 1999, I uh, moved to Nashville, New Hampshire and was part of the team that uh, helped start Crossway Christian Church there. And uh, I was there at Crossway, I, I met Casey, we got married and uh, the plan was to uh, plant a church out of Crossway. And we were thinking that was the direction we are going to go. Then in 2003, I moved to Arizona for Casey to go to grad school. Got to Arizona, and I had to find a job while she was in school and stumbled into technology sales. And uh, for the last uh, 15 years, guys just kept me in technology sales. And uh, a couple of years ago is when Chapter 2 started to come about, which since then, like, God was, was stirring and we just saw so many needs in our community where we we're like, man, that, that is a place where the church could make a difference. That is a place where something could be done. And the thing we kept saying is, you know, somebody needs to do something about that. Someone needs to do something about that. And then God got our attention and said, Hey, I, it's you. <laughs> and so we started uh, revisiting, like maybe it's this, dream that we had of planting a church back in uh, 2002, should we revisit that? And uh, all these doors started opening. I called um, all the people that I we'd worked with back in you know that early 2000s, and every single one, probably like 15 different people said, you know, Wes and Casey, this is so exciting. We've been praying uh, that this day would come. And yeah. so that was really uh, powerful just to see uh, how affirming everyone was that we talked to. Yeah, awesome. And obviously, you you ended up getting involved in the community in is it in Durham? Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell me, like, what is it about that area that you're drawn to? Tell me a little bit about why you feel that that area needs a new church. Yeah, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> yeah, we we do love where we live, and it's a, a little bit of an interesting way that we started this church because we've actually lived in this community for uh, about 14 years now. And so we've had the opportunity to develop a lot of relationships, incredible relationships um, with a lot of people uh, around us. I actually am from New Hampshire. I was born and raised here, lots of generations of my family. And uh, we have really, even since those early days in the 2000s, felt this pull towards church planting in New England. Um, there's, there's certainly a need and a large gap. And, um, and we just, we love the people in the area and what it's all about. So when, when God started to kind of work in us a couple of years ago about starting a church, it, it was almost like we never questioned where the two things were sort of synonymous. It's like, now's the time and here's the place you have, you have the relationships, you've earned the right to be heard. You've, um, you've established yourselves. And, and so we kind of said, great, like th mm -hmm. this is the time and this is the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like one of the things that we became aware of is that we had so many relationships with people that church was just, it's not a part of their history. 
it's not a part of their, you know, it's just not something that they've expressed interest in, but we do know from talking to them that they had genuine, a genuine spiritual hunger. And seeing it from their perspective, we saw all these hurdles that they would have to go over to, to go to church. And times that we would uh, invite them to church, we saw how through their eyes that this, it's, it was very hard for them to come in and like, they didn't feel just, it, it just so many barriers uh, to get yeah. there. And so we said, what if we flipped that? What if we did, um, what if we made it so that the church went to them? And so the way we've been thinking about this is like, you know, there's a lot of, there's several churches in the area that are really good. If, if you want a restaurant church, like, Hey, come to us. And you know, these are the goods and services you can get here. But there's not a church in our region that's a food truck church that's going to go to where people are and meet them where they are at. And so we really, we're trying to, with what we're doing with Four Rivers, to be that kind of a church. is a food truck church that goes where people are at, meets them where they are, and, um, and, uh, and it helps make, you know, the next step in their spiritual journey very, uh, uh, it, it's realistic for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- so actually share a little bit about the Four Rivers project. So uh, I know like what that is and also like how, what the vision is for the church that's to come out from that too. So can you so yeah. talk about that? Yeah, I can share about the Four Rivers project church. You can share about the vision. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So we, we did something fairly, I mean, I don't know, it seemed unique to us, but it seemed like the right thing and, and it's been affirming all along. We started two things. We started a nonprofit and we started a church. So the nonprofit that we started is called Four Rivers Project and then the church, Four Rivers Church. The project we started and have really been investing quite a bit of time in um, energy and through COVID, making connections, being out um, in the community, bridging the gap between other uh, people in the community, groups of, of faith, um, other believers, and um, and really investing in, in making a difference locally and globally. Um, the church, we also started, but we've been meeting virtually with a core team of people uh, about every week to every other week mm-hmm. and plan on... L- officially launching our first on, uh, I'm sorry, our first in-person uh, church service in March of 2021. Yeah. We felt like people say, why, why both? Why mm. project and why church? And going back to a year ago, we found that there were a number of people in our community that were, they cared about the people that Jesus cared about. They had a passion to those that are the poor, the marginalized, oppressed, they wanted to be involved with, as, as they said to us, we love these projects that you're doing to invest like in, in the marginalized. And we had a few people say to us, but we don't want to come to your church. Mm. And we're like, huh. So what we've done is we've create, created a bridge so that for people that church is not a part of their, you know, it's not on their radar, we can invite them into, hey, do you want to... We're gonna, we did a, a couple of runs for clean water with World Vision. We did one in May and then we did a half marathon in, in November. And we can invite people in from our community who have no faith background. And they're like, yes, I'm in, I love that. And then, and, and I had a number of people say to me, now, wait, what, what's, why are you doing this? And they'd be like, oh yeah, 
I don't, I don't believe what you believe, but this is good stuff. Like mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. And so we're like, great, this is, we're going to, we're going to meet the community where they're at and, you know, no strings attached, just do this with us with project. And then we've seen uh, some of our friends just over time as they've, over the last year, they've kind of, in certain ways kind of raised their hand and said, you know, I, I'm ready for a little bit more. And so we've, got different paths that people can then take some steps like we've done uh, an alpha group where people can just ask open-ended questions about God and about Jesus and faith and progress from there and so our vision is to sort of create these um, sort of stages that people can spend two weeks or 20 years you know however long it takes to you know progress through that. Yeah, wow, that's a great strategy. I love it. I love the way that you can make it very tangible for people who wouldn't necessarily have their first step to go to a church, which mm -hmm. I, I mean, for those of us who know New England, that is such, such can be such a barrier depending on someone's background. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, that's a really powerful approach. Oh yeah, I get to when I was uh, it was a year ago. I quit my job in software, and it was like two days later. I'm at this fundraising banquet, and I'm sitting next to this VP from uh, a bank. He's like, "Wes, what do you do for?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> crazy story. I quit my job and." Uh, I'm going into full-time ministry, and he was like, oh, right. It he, was a conversation stopper. He, like, <laughs> just stopped. He's like, oh. And then 10 minutes later, I'm talking to a guy on my right, VP at a hospital. He's like, well, Wes, what do, you, what do you do? And I was like, I'll try something new. I said, ah, quit my job, and my wife and I are starting a nonprofit. And he's like, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and so it's like, you know, just meeting people where they're at and helping them. Opens you know. some, it opens, it has proven to us to open quite a few doors that may have otherwise not opened or not as quickly yeah. opened. So yeah. it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to, to be able to uh, work both tracks. And I think we're, we've been able to really engage with the project mm -hmm. um, even through COVID. I think we're really excited now. We hope, and all of us are praying we're coming we're coming over the hill um, and uh, coming to a place in the spring where things will start to open. And we're very excited to really start to engage our community in yeah. the church. Yeah. Cause you asked like what the vision is and it's we, where we live is where the university of New Hampshire is. And so there's a, a lot of infrastructure. You've got a lot of bright people. There's research. There's a lot, there's a ton of resources locked up in this area of, mm. um, intellectual, financial, just even connections. Like we have, you know, presidential candidates come through all the time. It gets just such a, a hub, but people want to be about, like they want to solve real problems. So when we say to them, we see the gospel as touching every part of a human life in every part of an issue. If it's a human issue, it's a gospel issue. And so I see in, you know, as we see 10, 20 years down the road, that we've got academics and researchers and, you know, and, you know, people who are in construction, like just coming together and seeing God pull these people together. And I see people shocked over and over and over again. I'll say it this way. I think in 20 years, we're going to see so many people that are just shocked that they are involved with the church because it was something that they had never envisioned themselves. But being a part of a team and making a difference is uh, what drew them in and was irresistible to it.
Awesome. Awesome. We are so excited that we get to be a part of, of helping you guys in some small way to get launched. And we hope that there's people in our community who also can catch a vision for this. Maybe they know people who live near the Durham area that they can connect you to or be involved in themselves. And so if someone was interested in getting involved, how would they, how would you recommend they connect with you? Yeah, well, they can connect with us on our um, Facebook page. We have Four Rivers Project and Four Rivers Church um, on Facebook and also on our website, which is fourriversproject.org. Uh, and we would love that. We, if, if they're the, the, the most exciting thing for, for both of us, and I think Liz, you and Colin would say the same, is the, is the ability to connect with people, the relational connections, and whether they're local or they're these really cool, intricate, woven connections across states and countries, it is the most exciting thing. And so, yes, we would love and welcome any kind of conversations um, with folks that seem interested or excited or, you know, know somebody that may be interested in, in hearing more that lives locally. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I gotta say thank you so much to Anthem Church just to, for support. The, uh, the day that we got the call that you guys are going to support us, it came at the perfect time. It was such a, an encouragement, such a shot in the arm. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much. It is our pleasure to be a part. This is definitely part of our heart and vision that we want to be a part of helping start many, many churches in New England. And we are just so grateful to you both for answering that call and taking the step to start a great church. And we are so excited for you and for what God's going to do through uh, for Rivers Church. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. And we are uh, just so grateful to be a part of your journey. Well, thank thank you. you so much. Yeah. Wow, Casey and Wes, we are so excited. And I've loved getting a chance to sit down with you and hear about the adventure that you guys are on. We are so excited to be on board with you with Four Rivers Church. We are thrilled for what you're doing. Um, and now we're going to get a chance to hear another almost like, again, totally different story. It's so fun to see how unique God's hand is on each church plant. Uh, but we're going to get a chance to hear from a couple, Lindsay and Braden Etchison, who are planting Love 802 in Rutland, Vermont. And here is their story. Well, today I am so excited to get a chance to hang out with Lindsay and Braden Etchison, who are uh, going to be planting a new church in Vermont. Uh, welcome, guys. I'm so glad that we get a chance to uh, to talk with you a little bit more about what is happening in your lives. And I'd love for um, for you to share a little bit with our church community about what led you into this journey of church planting. What? How did you end up making a decision to start a new church in Vermont? Absolutely. Liz, thank you so much. We are so thankful to you and Colin and Anthem for inviting us to get to share with you guys this morning. And we're really excited about the journey we're on. It's really been years in the making. It's a long journey, <laughs> but it's an exciting one. Mm -hmm. God's had us on an adventure for many years now. Yeah. So we've served together um, in ministry for the last over a decade, yep. about 13, 14 years together vocationally in ministry. And we have loved the different things we've gotten to do, but there's always been a burden on our heart for the New England region of the country. And you can share a little bit about that yeah. when it started. I mean, since college, like we took church planting classes in our Bible college and um, we, we 
learned quickly that New England is one of the least church regions mm. in the country. Yeah. And um, some states in New England are the least church states in the country. Mm -hmm. So there's always been a burden on our heart to start new churches in a place in the country that doesn't have many. And so um, now we didn't immediately go into <laughs> church planting from college, but we spent a decade in youth ministry and all over the country. And then uh, we worked at small churches and large churches, large churches and senior ministries, family ministries. Yep. A little bit all over, but as we continue to pray about opportunities that God might have for us, um, some friends of ours that were out here in the New England region um, had been in communication with us, and they said something that really stuck with us. They said, the harvest is so plentiful, but the workers are so few. Someone really smart said someone that. Else They're said quoting that. someone smart. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's just like, as we continue to think about just the population and how populated New England is, but then you look at the number of churches out here, it's very different than the Midwest where we're both from and where we've worked and ministered in for years. There's just not options. There's not even places for people to go and hear about God, to learn about God and to go and receive love from a community who believes in God. Yeah. So that yeah. really drew us out here. There isn't communities of faith mm -hmm. that are bringing life to a town or a city yeah. and not at the rate we've seen in other parts that we've done ministry in. And that that's stark. It's, it's different. Like when it, it, we're still kind of in whiplash from that, because yeah. we came, we came from a region of the country in the Midwest where there's a church on every corner. Mm -hmm. Some are really reaching people. Some are not, some are just going through the motions. We've never been to a place where Jesus is no longer a part of people's story. Um, it's not like my grandma went to church a long time ago, or we go on Christmas and Easter. It's, it's not part of anyone's story. And that's uh, still shocking. And we've been here a couple months now on the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely a need. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about the community that you're in. Uh, why, why Rutland, Vermont? Tell me a little bit about the community. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Vermont is the least church state in the country. Yep. And um, we have really um, just loved the time that we've been in ministries in more rural areas um, because we just have a, a knack for that. And we love being able to connect through, you know, um, towns. Um, we feel like we can do that well. And here in Rutland, this is more of a rural setting um, in one of the least churched areas in the entire country, in the least church state. And there were three areas in, in Vermont we were really praying about and considering. Yeah, we did demographic studies for the entire state of Vermont. Vermont broke our heart. Um, it's such a beautiful state, yet it's so far removed from Jesus. And therefore, even though there's such beauty here, and they, they seem to have their act together in the country when it comes to depression, when it comes to suicide, mm. when it comes to opioid addiction, it, they're near the top in the country. And, and so there's a spiritual aspect of people's lives that, that are, that's missing in Vermont. Yeah. So what we did is we just said, okay, we know God is sending us to Vermont, but where in Vermont? Mm -hmm. So we did studies <laughs> on every town in the state mm -hmm. and we're just like what has the most need for a life-giving church and there were three towns in vermont that had blinking red lights going you need a church here yesterday and uh we we're praying last uh december or january yeah about we're, a year we're, ago. we were driving through the state in the snow and we're just <laughs> going god which town which of these three towns do you want us to go to and at that moment 
um, a little church in Rutland um, had decided to say, you know what, we're going to close our doors and stop being a church. And they, they, called, they made a couple calls saying, hey, who do we give this church building and this property to? And by the, by the amazing will of God, yes. um, we got in touch and they just said, we're going to give all of our, our 10 acres and our property and our building to this new church. And it was in one of the towns with the blinking red light, yeah. which is Rutland, Vermont. And Rutland, Vermont has more bars per capita than any other town in the country. Um, it's an old mining town that's economy just bottomed out. And so there's a lot of despair. There's a lot of economic anxiety there's a lot of issues in this town um and, and, and so as we've lived here like <laughs> yeah. we have been able to see firsthand some of just the the depression that's a result of some of these opioid addictions some of these you know just the dependency on alcohol different things that are going on in this town there is a huge need for jesus here yeah absolutely oh, yeah that's amazing um I am so excited that God called you guys and that you answered that call. I'd love to hear, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about the vision that you have. What kind of church is this going to be? Um, who are you, you know, who are you there for? I'd love to hear a little bit about what kind of church it's going to be. Absolutely. So we exist to help people experience and share the love of God. That's our goal. That's our mission. And our desire is to help reach and change family trees. Yep. So we want to help people, not only as individuals, but as whole family units, come to God, come into a relationship with him, experience the love of God, and then be able to share that, share that with their family, share that with their neighbors, with their friends, their coworkers, and truly start to see a change in the family trees that are here. Yep. Jesus is a great cycle breaker. Mm. Um, he's a great generational curse breaker. Um, when Jesus can get into a family's story, um, it can change the trajectory of an entire group of people. Yes. And not just change a household, it can change a neighborhood, mm -hmm. it can change a town for generations to come. So uh, you've been in the family tree changing business. I have. <laughs> for a lot of, she used to be in, in children's ministry, family ministry, youth ministry. She's seen firsthand what can happen when the gospel of Jesus can get into a house and can Absolutely. get into a neighborhood and a street. And it can change an entire community. And you know, um, we have been really fortunate as we've studied the Bible and looked into it. There's some different passages that really, really impacted us as we moved forward in this journey. You want to share the one in Ezekiel? Like, yeah, we so, love this. It's like, yeah, you know, our verse. So the very last chapter of the book of Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel is a prophet in the Old Testament of the Bible. And he's weeping over his broken town. Mm. Like that's the whole book. Like he's just devastated over what's yeah. happened. Um, and it's a broken community. But then at the end of all these Old Testament books with the prophets, <laughs> um, there's always this thing called a hope piece where there's a vision or there's a dream and God and, and this prophet Ezekiel start dreaming together a little bit. And it's the last verse of the last chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And simply, it just simply says, and from that day on, because God's going to do something from that day on, the name of that town or that city will be the Lord is there. That's the name of the city. Um, so right now, uh, people will look at Rutland and say, mm -hmm. there's depression there. Yeah. They call it Ruck Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's addiction there. There's brokenness there. There's, there's alcoholism there. There's, there's suicide there. Yeah. Um, what would happen if a church just loved a town, captured the imagination of a little town to the extent 
where people just look around someday and just say, you know what? The name of that town should be the Lord is there because wow. the Lord's doing something. It's not yeah. just doing something inside the walls of our church, um, yeah. but it's spilling out into the town where, where people, um, people encounter the love of God, not by coming into our doors, but people encounter the love of God by driving through our town. Like that's the type of church we want to be. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. I am so excited that at Anthem, we get to be a small part of that journey. We are so excited for, for you, for your team and for what God is doing and building in there. I'd love for you to share um, a little bit of like, if someone in our community knows someone who's in the Vermont area, wants to be a part, wants to financially be a part, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. So what we're doing is we're asking for people to partner with us in three different ways. The first way is to pray. And the name of our new church is Love 802. So Love 802, where that comes from, is the area code of the entire state of Vermont is 802. And our vision and our dream and our hope is not just to reach Rutland, but for this to continue reaching out to the entire state of Vermont and beyond. Because people need Jesus everywhere out in New England. We want to be helping change the spiritual landscape of this region. So we ask people to pray. And what we do is we set our alarms for 802 every day. It's a great reminder. Our kids get in on it. It's really fun. Um, it's awesome when people text us, hey, you know, we just prayed uh, at 802 in the morning or in the evening. We pray for this community, for the state of Vermont, for the region of New England, and for people to come to know Jesus and get to experience and share that love. The second thing we ask people to do is to help promote us. And in ways that you can do that most easily right now is online, because we went ahead and started everything that we're doing online, because the current state that everything's going on with the pandemic and everything, it actually lended a great opportunity for us to work on having a solid online ministry. Mm -hmm. And so we have started online services that we show weekly and we have different things that we do online. And we're really actually very cool. We're meeting people in Vermont and all over. Mm -hmm. So you can go to our Facebook page, Love802. You can go online to love802.org. Um, you can go to our YouTube page, Love802. You can like our stuff. You can follow it. You can comment on it. You can share it with friends or family. And that really helps just promote us, especially in the more New England region, when more people are tracking with what we're doing. Yep. When a lot of people from Kansas and Indiana and Tennessee <laughs> like it, yeah. that's cool. But when people from Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire are, are doing something with it, um, it's a lot more effective. It's really neat. And yeah. so we're really excited about that. And the third thing that people can do is they can partner with us through financially giving. And we are not like we can't even express in words how thankful we are for Anthem and just your partnership with us to help us reach this community and reach 802 with the love of Jesus through your financial partnership. Mm -hmm. um, so there are ways to continue giving to us through love802.org slash give. Um, you know, we are so thankful. Uh, every single dollar that's given is going into Love 802 to help turn around and reach this community and help change family trees. Yep. And, yep, absolutely. <laughs> the, and of those three things, we know from experience, the thing that moves the needle the most is prayer. So absolutely. If, if all of you can pray at 802, even if it's for a day or for a week, like we know that God will do incredible things based on those prayers. 
Absolutely. Guys, this is awesome. Thank you so much for answering that call, for taking that step, for, for, for doing what very few people do. And we are so excited to see what God is going to do in the months and years to come with, 802, with Love 802. We are so excited. And we're so thankful for Anthem and what you guys are doing yes. there. We're praying for you. Um, we are really thankful for your support. And we can't wait to see what God does here in New England. That's right. Bye, guys. Thanks, Lindsay and Brayden. It is so exciting to hear the journey that you're on, and we are so honored here at Anthem that we get to be a part of helping to encourage you and be a part of helping your new church get started. Um, I hope that as you've listened to these stories that it has inspired you as it has inspired me. I love hearing people who are willing to step into the adventure of church planting. And really, this is an adventure that we are all called to do because as followers of Jesus, we are all called to make disciples and to be able to share the good news of Jesus with others. And so one of the things that when I think about the Christmas story, I think about Mary and Joseph, and they were really just ordinary people who were willing to be used by God in amazing ways. They were available to be used, and they, when, they, when God spoke, they were willing to say yes to the incredible, challenging thing that he was asking them to do. And when I, I hope that as we are hearing these stories that we can consider what it is that God is calling us to do, and whether we are available to hear his voice. Are we so distracted that we can't even hear, or are we so focused on what our agenda is and the things that we're busy with that we can't even hear when God speaks? I want you to consider, are you able, are you really available? And then when you do hear God nudging you, hear God giving you an opportunity to show his love to someone, are you willing to say yes? A lot of times it's hard to say yes. A lot of times the things that he's asking us to do, showing love to someone, it sometimes costs us something. It is hard. It isn't always easy. But when we do say yes, we get to see God at work in a powerful way in our lives. We get to actually really live out the true purpose that we were made for. And I know that there is so much potential if all of us in this church, if all of us in our community were really willing to be available for when God spoke and were willing to go and step into it and say yes to the adventure that God has for us, we would see God working in powerful and tremendous way. We would see our community transformed. We would see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And that is what we want to see, church. That is what we want to experience at Anthem. We want to see this area completely transformed and people who may have no interest in knowing about a church, but they come into a relationship that changes their life through Jesus. And so um, we're going to I'm going to pray a prayer, a blessing over these churches. So as we pray together, join with me. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to pour out your blessing on Four Rivers Church and on Love 802. God, I pray that you would give them so much encouragement, Lord, that you would give them people who are willing to be available to be used and that are willing to say yes to the adventure and the mission that you have them on. And God, please provide all that they need. Lord, this is for your glory. We are so excited for what you're doing and how your hand is upon them. Lord, have your way and have your will and 
be glorified in these new churches in Jesus name. Amen. Guys, it was great being with you guys this week. I hope that you'll be back again next week as we continue our series, Who's Ready for Christmas and continue in the Advent journey in December. Thanks.